out of Iraq as well, and I wouldn't start a war in Libya. I'd quit bombing Yemen, and I'd quit bombing Pakistan. I'd start taking... This is how the war on drugs is presented. We're concerned about your health, so we're going to send you to prison. I'm sorry, I thought this was America. Do you feel frustrated with mainstream ideologies? If you're an active duty soldier, then these absurdly common factors that accompany being a critical thinking human being now coin you as a potential terrorist or radical extremist. Made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. And then I'm coming all the way to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Welcome to another Luchadors of Liberty podcast. I'm your host, Robert. I'm followed by... Dimitri. Yeah, your <laughs> other host. And uh, hopefully we'll be uh, lawyers for liberty soon, right? The bar exam's coming up for you and then yeah. coming right after for me. So looking to make that change because I'm not Mexican. <laughs> I, see, I am a little bit. My my grandmother was actually born in Mexico City, so oh, I could actually pull off the Mexican card. I've been using a Hispanic on is all my she documents. Mexican or is she just was she just born? She was just Mexico. born in Mexico City. Oh, yeah, no, we no. we're not Spanish at all. We're not Mexican. It was just great. If, if you're new to the podcast, give us a like, give us a su- subscribe, and uh, um, share it uh, with your fellow Liberty lovers. Uh, the reason why we were named Luchadors of Liberty uh, originally. Started doing this podcast with my friend Joey. Um, he's Mexican. And we like alliteration. So we were like Luchadors of Liberty. We also like Lions of Liberty. If you listen to the Lions of Liberty podcast, excellent podcast. Love it. Um, so we followed, we kind of copied them, did a little A little bit. It's little fine. Bit. Yeah. yeah. Alliterations are good. It's Rolls a, off the tongue. Was it uh, it's the best form of flattery or something like exactly. that? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Got my libertarian mug. Uh, we're here watching the inauguration. Oh, look at all those troops uh, just just protecting America. <laughs> it's ridiculous. 25,000 troops at the United States Capitol right now. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, I wonder why. <laughs> so uh, let's let's go back because we uh, don't get an opportunity to do this every other day like a lot of podcasts do. So we have to go back and talk about... Um, the riot in D.C., the storming of the Capitol, the insurrection, as as the mainstream media is calling it. <sighs> that was not an insurrection. If there was an insurrection, there would have been a whole lot of guns, a whole lot more dead people, and it would have looked a whole lot different than just a few broken windows and a happy guy in a yak costume yoinking things out of the Capitol. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let do you know the exact definition of insurrection? Because I'll look it up right now. No, no, no I okay. don't. All right, because... <sighs> To see that word everywhere, yeah. it's like, and and maybe you can maybe you can put the words in my mouth for this. It's just not accurate to me. Yeah. To what it actually was, and you can see people saying they just let them in, and they kind of did just let them they in. They did just kind of let them in. So so that's true. What kind of insurrection has the people that are supposed to defend against the insurrection just letting the insurrectionists in? And normally when they do talk about insurrections, they they start it with. It was a violent insurrection. So maybe it could be like normal insurrections aren't violent, but violent insurrections are. I don't know. It just seems very, very definition oriented. This is uh, Merriam-Webster dictionary. Uh, an act or instance of revolting against civil authority 
or an established government. I mean, yeah, yeah, yep. it kind of was. It's an insurrection. Yeah, was it a violent insurrection? Eh, yeah, a little a bit, li- a little bit, a little bit. But at the same time, uh, as libertarians, we're sitting here watching both sides flip back and forth after a whole summer of watching riots in uh, D.C. and in, in new, new, all over the country. Yeah. And these, uh, you know, mostly with the BLM protests, right? We're talking about um, some peaceful protests and then some uh, targets getting burned down and some, like, private businesses getting, getting fucked up. So, and some people getting shot. Yeah, some people getting shot, some people dying. That wasn't an insur- insurrection. It might have been. I mean, it is, but it wasn't. So... It- my problem is not, and we, we even, I've talked to you about this, I've talked to everyone I know about this, my problem is not that they were rioting, right? Yeah. You know, they're mad uh, at, you know, uh, racial injustice, and they're mad at the police, at the state, but they're directing it at, like, Dolce & Cabana. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. If, if you want to target the state, and you're angry at the state for doing statey things, like, Killing minorities Mm -hmm. and enforcing very ubiquitous laws, Mm -hmm. then, well, you should probably attack the state. Or maybe rigging an election, which is, I'm not saying it happened. I'm saying that 74 million people think it happened. Yeah. And that's what the riot was. So if you're going to sit there all summer and say, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, we have to let, you know, Americans be mad, you know, even through throughout these lockdowns, right? Yeah. The left was like, we have to stay in our homes, except if you're going to a BLM protest, then you cannot catch COVID. It's impossible if you're at a BLM protest. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at it now. A lot of the people are basically saying COVID's over and what sparked it. I mean, the vaccine hasn't really been widely distributed. Mm-mm. It's been distributed. People have gotten it, but it's not like everyone in the United States and the way herd immunity works isn't, you know, 10% of the population gets it. It's yeah. like 51% plus gets it. But now that Joe Biden's in office, I mean, literally, he just got inaugurated as we were we were discussing this. Mm-hmm. The pandemic's over now? Yeah, it's. <laughs> I, I'm curious to see what happens with that. Uh, obviously, all over the news today, two things. Trump's uh, list of pardons and Biden's 17 uh, executive actions that he's going to do. Uh, 15 of them are going to be uh, executive orders um, dealing with COVID, climate change, immigration policy, all all these things. And uh, I looked through a few of them and I'm like, uh, okay, because, you know, I didn't mind some of them, but then at the same time, they're all executive orders. Like, yeah. this should be done through Congress. You have the House and Senate now, uh, majority Democrats. So why can't you just do that? Yeah. You don't, like, we don't live in a, di- a dictatorship, we don't live in a monarchy. You're not a king. You shouldn't be able to just do a swipe of a pin like that. I mean, Trump did it. I'm not saying it was Bush good. Did it. Bush Obama did it. Obama did it. They, they all did it. And it's getting more and more uh, prevalent. So um, just speaking out against that, we have a separation of powers for a reason. Right? Yeah, but it hasn't gotten to that. It, it's not a separation of powers anymore. The no. executive branch has gotten so big and so powerful and so bloated that now all the executive has to do is sign his name on a page with a bunch of words from somebody who slapped them on his desk and boom, you now have executive orders where the Department of Homeland Security is like, well, I guess this giant caravan that's coming in from the South, 
We can let just send through. it straight. Yeah, through. just gonna let them through. So yeah, that that's gonna be another thing. Now we have to we have to watch. I mean, I remember the massive uh, care of. Do you remember that? Twenty sixteen was it? Twenty sixteen. <laughs> do you remember that South Park episode? <laughs> yeah. Where, where they just fucking it was just a giant moving drug party. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember. That. that is hilarious. But let them through. <laughs> I, see, I'm an open borders guy, but I'm an open borders guy. After you get rid of the welfare state. Yeah. And after you get rid of the large amount of taxation we're already dealing with. I mean, I'm open borders as well, but I say already let them through, but don't, you know, know what welfare state is well, but I'm saying you still let them in. Yeah. But at the same time, realistically, uh, him and I both know that if you're letting them through, we're going to be paying for them either way. So um, if you're not familiar again. Uh, we're both, I guess, minarchists, anarcho-capitalists. Kind yeah. of. We're working our way through finding out where exactly we fit, I guess. I mean, you know more than I do. Yeah, probably and you more. guys get to come along on the journey yeah, as we kind of just figure out where the hell we're at. Yeah, I mean, we just hate the government. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. Non-violently hate the government. We're tired of all their wars. The war on drugs, the war on brown people in the Middle East, the yeah. war on minorities, the war on... Everyone. So We're tired of it. Speaking of that, uh, you and I were watching the inauguration earlier, and they were introducing the old presidents as they were yeah. coming in, and it was just it was just kind of a, like a homecoming for everyone who likes to bomb brown people in the Middle East. It's pretty awesome. You know, they get to, you know, bond over that kind of stuff here. Yeah. And it's funny because, uh, what's your name, Barbara Bush, mm-hmm. is in a perpetual state of smiling. And it's crazy because her husband killed millions of people in the Middle East, and all she can do is smile about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it just makes you happy to know how much freedom we're spreading over there. Oh, yeah. And limbs. <laughs> and limbs. <laughs> so, uh, I don't even know. Let's see. The first woman of America. Yep, yep. So, great. Identity politics. We know, we know. Yep. First woman. She... <laughs> We did a whole episode on Kamala Harris. Yeah, Go she was terrible. That episode, yeah, we reeled her. She does not have a great record, especially as a prosecutor. And it actually came out pretty recently that a lot of judges in that area didn't really like her and weren't super excited about her taking cases because she was trying to uphold wrongful convictions. That was her whole thing. She yeah. would go in and she would fight these defense attorneys who were trying to help people get out of the wrongful convictions. And she was like... No, I don't want my conviction record stained. I want to make sure that every last conviction I got stayed. Right, and it shouldn't be about that. As a prosecutor, your job isn't to put innocent people behind bars for you know minor drug offenses and you know hide evidence, uh, which she was found doing. Yeah, to get someone convicted of murder. So these are things that you don't need to be doing as a as an agent of the state. But she just did it so her record would look better as a prosecutor yeah yeah it's it, unfortunate and then joe biden's record i mean speaks for herself 46 years in office not a, there's not a war he didn't like um terrible uh against minorities putting them in jail so yeah. we've already been over this uh i, I don't want to go into it i don't want to turn any newcomers off who are like maybe democrats but maybe like hmm, i don't know about old joe yeah you know i'm not gonna hate on him when the rest of the establishment has been doing the same thing and then uh it should be noted that trump today with his pardons or yesterday with his pardons really missed out on a huge opportunity to put a thorn in the side of the deep state yeah assange and snowden two guys that very easily could have been 
Could have been let back into the country. Could have been pardoned. And, and uh, Ross Ulbricht? Yeah. Ross Ulbricht, yeah. Yeah. So, so these three guys, um, Julian Assange, we all know WikiLeaks, right? Yep. And, and he's currently in the U.K., and I think they said they weren't going to extradite him to the U.S. They've been, the U.S. has been trying to get their hands on right. him. Right, but either way, you can pardon him, and he'll be able to step foot on U.S. soil. Now, if he steps foot on U.S. soil, he's done, especially with Biden in office. Yeah. Um, uh, Edward Snowden, he, he leaked some information th- uh, via Chelsea Manning. Bradley yeah, about Manning, the NSA. About the NSA yep. and those awful videos of uh, drone executions on basically innocent people in the Middle East. So... Uh, and he released a lot more information that actually did hurt some intelligence and, you know, could have put some people in danger. But overall was releasing information that I feel like should be transparent. Yeah. And, and most people do. Yeah. Um, it's the what I was saying earlier with the executive bloat. You have all of these organizations that really have no oversight because their only oversight is considered to be the executive. And the president can't look over all million people that are working in these these organizations. The NSA is huge, and it's got a massive budget, and it is used to spy on people and carry out executions in foreign countries of foreign citizens, of United States citizens, of innocent people, of terrorists. I mean, it it's crazy, the yeah. lack of oversight. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. And it's... I honestly feel... Like, if we keep doing it and we keep advancing in technology, the world's going to advance, right? Yeah. And what happens when these countries that hate us get this technology, these drones and stuff? You know, are we going to have the technology to keep every, all these drones out from these little, um, like, terrorist factions that blow up uh, globally and domestically? I don't know. Yeah. That, that's going to, you know, it's kind of a reap what you sow kind of deal. We will. We always do. Yeah. Um, so, Ross Ulbricht, this is straight off the Wikipedia um, page. He operated the Silk Road. Um, yeah. If you don't know what that is, it was a uh, drug market and basically... Not you, only drugs. You could buy guns. You could buy hitmen. You could buy prostitutes. So Any, it, was, it was the original Silk Road. Right. Um, so... Yeah, maybe he should have got a little bit of prison time. I don't know. But he's just operating the website, right? Yeah. So what do you, what do you think about him? Do you think he should should have got a pardon or, you know, he's definitely a thorn in the side of the state. Yeah, well, say that. one of the really interesting things is I think the Silk Road operates under similar parameters that Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram operate under. Mm-hmm. I think it's considered a platform. He created a platform, and when you have a platform, you really don't have like a, control over it. Yeah, you shouldn't have to regulate or your you own platform. Shouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't be able to regulate your platform. You should just allow people to speak. Now, the really interesting thing about it is there was there were hitmen for hire, which I guess would be inciting violence or make you an accessory to murder. I, I'd be really interested to see how that would play out in a court, but I. I feel like it would be really hard to convict someone for owning a platform where you can purchase hitmen on there. Mm-hmm. Nothing was traceable because it was all done through Bitcoin. So everything was protected by the blockchain. And really, the only reason he got caught is because he kind of gave himself up. Otherwise, he wouldn't have even wouldn't have even gotten caught. Yeah. Um, I mean, if he had control over the website, 
and he knew of the hitman going on, you know, on the website, you know, maybe that that's an argument there. It'd be like, okay, you knew that people were hiring people to kill people on, on your website. Yeah. You can at least take their ads down. You know, that kind, that's definitely an argument that would be brought up. Yeah. But so, I mean, if you don't have the resources to do it, then you're not going to be able to. And the Silk Road didn't take really any money from the people that were there. The, I want to say that the sales tax on things was only like a 1% or like a 0.1%. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was very expensive to operate. And I don't think he was operating it on a massive server. I think it was done like out of his home on his computer at home. Have you ever been on the Silk Road? I have been on the Silk Road. Mm, I haven't. So I don't I I downloaded a Tor browser not too long yeah. ago, but I've never been on Silk Road just because I'm curious to see what's on there. I'm not going to buy anything. I save my Bitcoin. Yeah. You know. I try and save my Bitcoin at least. This is a very volatile market. I'm currently out, about to about to buy back in as soon as I see it hit hit a good resistance bottom. But uh, yeah, I mean, of course we think the war on drugs should be ended. Yeah. So that was the main feature of the Silk Road, right? You yeah. can buy drugs anonymously. An, an, anonymously. Anonymously. Yeah. Anonymously. <laughs> yeah. You know. It's kind of English. I I'm just trying to talk. Anyway, but uh, you can buy it anonymously, get it shipped to you, and that was the beauty of it. I mean, in a world where drugs are not illegal, that is a pretty awesome website, right? That's like yeah. that's like the Amazon, but for drugs. Yeah, it was like Amazon, but for crack, if yeah. you wanted it to be. <laughs> uh, and as a minarchist, that's the world I want to live in. Yeah. I want you to be able to buy crack on Amazon. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by crack. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, who would be the company that like starts doing it, though? Probably Pfizer, like Johnson & Johnson. Johnson & Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> it would be a family company. Yeah, a family company. <laughs> Uh, Crack for the family. Yeah. I need to buy stock in weed. With the Democrats in now... It'll probably get legalized. Yeah, it's about to... Yeah, that that might be the one good thing. If they take more than a year to do it, it's going to piss me off. Yeah. That's that's just ridiculous. You've been saying it the whole time. Kamala Harris is going to be laughing while all these innocent people are put into jail for smoking a substance. As she does, yeah, I mean... Fakest laugh known to mankind. Yeah, it's really funny. It's really funny watching how fake all of these people are and it's got to do with like PR it's got to do with politics and I mean it's it's just terrible it I mean I get a sick sick feeling in my stomach watching her talk about putting people in jail and laughing knowing that people are getting put in jail for uh, a drug not even a drug it's a plant yeah I'm gonna say a plant Everything's drug. Coffee's a drug. Alcohol's a drug. Whatever. It's a plant that has medicinal values and is legal. It's got recreational value too. Recreational. Real good recreational value. The recreational value is honestly probably a lot better than the medical value. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. That's a hard degree. (laughs) That is a hard degree on that one. Yeah. So, so this. I mean, we all know it should just be legal. Yeah. It's twenty twenty one. It is current year. It is current year, and <laughs> weed is still not federally legal. This just shows you how much the federal government doesn't give a fuck about public opinion. Yeah, no. They're, they, they're waiting for their, their pharmaceutical friends to catch up. Yeah. They want to make sure that the pharmaceutical companies have their business in order so that when weed is legalized, they're in there. Yeah, and don't, please, for the love of God, if, if you have a constitutional referendum in your state to legalize marijuana— or any drug in particular, 
read that stuff carefully because yeah. it could be giving powers to these huge companies um, and not allowing individuals to grow it. Like, if I want to grow and sell weed when it's legal, I should be able to. Yeah, but you can't in Florida. No. You need a specific amount of land. You need a specific amount of investment. And mm-hmm. you also have to have a re- – I think the insurance premium was like – Something like $300,000 a year. It yeah. was something ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That's why I think... Uh, I voted against the I last voted one. against it, yeah, yeah too. Um, because when you looked at the language of it, it fucked us. Yeah. It, like it's, it was like giving you something you wanted, you, you needed, really, and everyone got so excited about it. And most voters don't vote consciously. They just look at the headline and then they, they do it. They don't do research. So... Make sure you do research on stuff that you get really excited about because there's usually some hidden language in there. Yeah. The politicians love to add riders onto laws. Mm-hmm. It's their favorite thing. He's talking for a long time. Yeah. Dude, they probably cracked this man up for like six months in preparation for this. All this time we haven't seen him. Mm-hmm. He's, they've just been, boom, cocaine every day, making sure he's ready to go. Yeah, they definitely put Adderall in his Frosted Flakes. Oh, 100%. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think he can eat Frosted we'll Flakes. Sprinkle some it's crap. probably just oatmeal. Yeah, it's yeah, no. Raisin Bran. Yeah, he's, he's more of like a, <laughs> he's like a mush kind of guy. Yeah, Special K. Yeah, I don't think those teeth are real. Them chompers? Not a chance. No, they're so nice. Look at them. I don't believe that. Yeah. Yep. Boom, he gets shot. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. I don't wish that. I, I mean, Fox News was kind of like sucking his dick earlier. Yeah, it was really bizarre. Yeah. And and I, I just want to let you know, Fox News, you don't speak for me. You don't speak for a lot of libertarians out there. They don't speak for any of us. That, yeah, no. They were like, all Americans wish uh, Joe Biden well. I, I really don't. Because I know his policies that he's pushing are anti-constitutional. They're anti-American, really, in my opinion. So I'm not wishing his policies success at all. And he has no sort of opposition uh, besides the Supreme Court, who doesn't really like to decide on things whenever they involve political questions, as you and I know. So, yeah. so like, they won't just step in. It has to be a, a, a case in controversy. Yeah. So, and one of the really weird things was when we were listening to Fox News earlier, the, what was that guy's name? Ari, right? Ari something. Yeah, I, this is, th- on my three by five card of unallowable opinion here, I have uh, Ari question mark. I think that was his name. And go ahead and tell him, like this, you and I both went. Yeah, he, he said America has like central beliefs and we need to push away the fringes and make sure that they don't get a voice. Mm-hmm. And we're both sitting there. This is first thing in the morning. We're just having our coffee and we both look at each other like, did we just hear that right? Yeah. He just said, we need to make sure that the fringes don't get a voice. Yeah. We are the fringe. You mean? This is our voice. Yeah. <laughs> you mean like keeping us out of the debates? Because you already do that. How, yeah. He said we need to push the fringes on the outside. He said fringes on the outside must be rejected. Yeah. You know, as if we're not already rejected enough. Yeah, nobody likes us already. Yeah. We're our own echo chambers. So, who the fuck's this guy? Is that? No. He looks looks like a fat A-Rod. Fat white A-Rod. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of singing. I like it. You know, uh, not to get off track. Not to get off track. Let's let's go back to this, and then I'll go to my next one. So, so... Whenever you look at the last last year and the campaigns and stuff like that, um, 
we, you know, I was involved a little bit with the Jorgensen campaign, and we tried to set up a an event outside of the debates in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got the permits for the for you know the rally or whatever, and got there. Permits were yanked the day of. They had to go do the event somewhere else. Didn't even do the event. Jorgensen just went and did an interview somewhere else. So, imagine saying that these French beliefs who uh, have millions of followers um, need to be rejected, even though you're already not letting us in the debates. You already put obstacles in front of us whenever it comes to financing our campaigns in individual states. Like, unlike the Republicans and Democrats, the Libertarians actually have to try to get on the ballot in states most every election cycle. Yeah. So, um, I mean, good thing in a lot of states where we got enough people signed on or enough votes to where we're on for the next election cycle. But, you know, it's not a shoe in that we're on the ballot every year. It's very weird. And one of the things I, my family comes from a country that's predominantly parliamentary. So everybody, even if you're crazy batshit communist, you still get a voice or Nazi or Nazi. Yeah. The golden Dawn party. It was mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um, everyone gets a voice. And in America, you have to fight not just with literally fighting, you have to fight with your money. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to get money when the establishment is the one that holds all the money. Yeah. Um, so can you uh, try and put your cord in? Like, put it in? Yeah, harder. Harder, Daddy. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Is it in there? I don't know. There's some. It might be mine. Yeah, it's this one. I'm trying to get deep in there. Yep. No, there we go. It, there's a hum- I can edit it in post, but yeah. it just I'd rather not because I'm lazy. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, we got stuff to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're both law students. Yeah. So we're putting in work every yeah. day. That so if if you like listen to our episode once and you're like, hey, these guys actually make some sense and I like them, and then you're like waiting three months later and you're like. Fuck those guys. They don't do anything. It's because we do too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do way too much. We're both involved in the Mises Caucus in Florida with the LP. We're yep. both working. We're both doing schoolwork. It's it's a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, now. it's a lot of stuff. But uh, you just moved in. Yeah. We live like, together now. I hope you like it. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say he's a great roommate, but he's not not bad to do a podcast. Kidding with. me? <laughs> <laughs> I I love having you around. You clean up after. More people than you should. Yeah. Even me sometimes. But I thank you for it. Well, just because I'm an anarchist. It was just me cleaning. It was just me cleaning. I you know, I can't do that. Just because I'm an anarchist doesn't mean I, I don't believe you should help people. It, the anarchy. only way it should be helped is through charity. Yeah. And you know what? You guys are, are charity for me. That's why I clean up after you. That's true. Anarchy <laughs> doesn't mean chaos. Yeah. No. It just so means without leaders. We missed a good, a good uh, area to segue when we were talking about... Um, the platform of the Silk Road and how you shouldn't be able to control what's on your website because a lot of the stuff's going on right now in politics um, has to do with private companies acting like straight-up fascists and suppressing speech that they don't like. Yeah, Peter Quinones. uh, Was it yesterday? Quinones. Yeah. Yeah. It's Okay, I'm a little confused. It's Peter Quinones, Mance Raider. Are they one and the same? I believe so. I think they're the same person. Yeah. I was listening. Because he's gone. Trump's gone. Ron Paul's gone? Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. <laughs> what, would you ever compare Trump to Ron Paul no. in any situation? No, There's no situation ever. I not do ever. that. I mean, Ron Paul has kind of, um, I don't want to say been a champion for Trump, but he has definitely uh, been pro-Trump and 
I I felt like uh, it was a matter of time before Facebook got a hold of Ron yeah. Paul and and kicked him off. But regardless, that's an uh, that's a straight attack on the Libertarian Party and that's many, an attack on us. Maybe yeah, that directly on the Mises Caucus. Um, also, if you're following the Mises Caucus, go cop the new shirt that uh, Mitch Connor made. It's got Ron Paul on it. It's a it's badass. Yeah, <laughs> that's just a plug for the Mises Caucus. Um, whether they endorse this podcast or not is entirely up to them. They don't right now. <laughs> they probably won't. We're, they probably won't. Yeah, no. We're, we're a little bit too out there for we're, them. We're DGens from uptown. Yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> um, but so Facebook, Twitter, um, and Amazon right now are all working in and coordination. Google, a- Apple, Apple. Yeah, to take down uh, Parler and take down people who they really don't agree with who are really right-leaning on yeah. their on their. That forms. goes to what Ari said, too. They're trying to reject the fringes, yeah. and we live on the fringe. That's, mm-hmm. that's where we reside. We like it here. It's weird, mm-hmm. and it's where we belong. Yeah. But if they start getting rid of that and start trying to push people more towards the center— just like we did, we saw with the wars in the Middle East. The more you push people, the more they're willing to fight back. So, so here's the question for a lot of libertarians: Is that just because they're a private company, um, you know, are we going to sit back and just be a bunch of do nothings? You know, because we believe in freedom of speech. Like yeah. that is paramount. That is, you know, the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights. So. Are you going to be this binary thinker where it's like they're a private company, so we can't we can't do anything about it, you know? Or are you like that's what um that's what Quinones was saying on his podcast. I think we listened to the same one. Yeah, we did. It was like the recent one. Yes. And I liked what he had to say. Is you have to be fluid with these these kind of things because this is straight up fascist behavior. Yeah. And silencing freedom of speech and. Uh, you know, it's resonating with the Trumpers and the Republicans and the Libertarians. And eventually, I th- I hope that we'll move to, like, MeWe and other apps. Not really Parler. Parler is more, like, straight-up conservative Republican, but... Well, it's dangerous. And one of the really interesting things is just because they're platforms and just because you're a Libertarian doesn't mean you have to fight them on their silencing of free speech. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think it's the government's fault that those companies are even as big as they are because they've now been subsidized by government entities. You, every government agency has a profile on that website, and that brings in more traffic, which makes the websites more money. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Amazon, all are backed by the United States government, if you think about it. Websites like Parler, websites like MeWe don't have the those government agencies on there, so they're really not subsidized right. by the shouldn't, government. Shouldn't uh, the government agencies be on all websites? Exactly, yeah. and that that's a really interesting question. Is or should they? <laughs> Do we not want them on any websites? Should they even have any websites? Yeah, and I think when people talk about free speech on platforms, they're asking the wrong questions. It's not should these companies be allowed to silence people. It's should these companies be as big as they are in the first place? The government allows these monopolies to exist. They allow Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Amazon to control their markets, even mm-hmm. Google. Yeah. How many people use secondary browsers? Oh, yeah. No, I just started using uh, DuckDuckGo Duck, Duck, this year. Yeah, and the thing is Google can just say, oh, Parler, 
Yeah, we mm. think they're kind of Nazis. Yeah. So let's make sure they don't end up on the first 20 pages of a Google search result. Let's make sure that you can't type in their web address and you actually have to Google them and go to the 30th page to find them. Or do what they're trying to do now and just take them off completely, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and we're talking about a whole bunch of people. In Silicon Valley, sitting in their echo chamber, just saying, this is something we don't agree with, so let's quash it. Yeah. That's not American. And you you shouldn't be able to do that, no matter who you are. This is a country for freedom of speech, freedom of thought. You can't even think to post stuff like that now. Yeah. And that's that's the other really strange thing. is. And like, then Jack, Dor- uh, Jack Dorsey for Twitter, they got uh, Project Veritas caught him doing some ske- saying some sketchy stuff about it's going to be a process. We're going to be, you know, getting people off. Now, Project Veritas is kind of... They're like, kind of sus. They're kind of suspect every yeah. now and then. But, like, this was him. He was saying it. Wasn't a deep fake. I looked real hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... And that's the other thing is, like, it, it functions a lot like the oligarchs in Russia do. They all talk to each other. They all look at the situation and they say, what can we do together to mm-hmm. make sure that this situation goes in our favor? And that's a really scary thought process because they really do control the avenues for, for normal people to access these websites. In websites, well, not websites, search engines like DuckDuckGo are going to be the future for people on the fringes like us, especially if... Even on Fox News, they're saying they need to be rejecting the fringes. Mm-hmm. We're going to be pushed further and further out or further and further in yeah. until we end up just being our own sect of the population. Yeah. And maybe doing like what New Hampshire was doing with the Free State Project, but a lot better. Um. <laughs> yeah. The people from the Free State Project were a little weird. I know you yeah. had some interactions with them. Yeah, I had some interactions with some of the Free Staters on their Facebook page and... um you know, maybe I came at them a little harsh. I was like, I said, you know, when are we going to turn New Hampshire gold? And I got a whole bunch of, like, fair-weather libertarians and Republicans going, um, we have the most libertarian Republicans out here. Um, you know, that sort of thing. And then I did have uh, the chair of the New Hampshire LP reach out to me, and he was like, sorry you got bombarded by all these Republicans. Uh, but, I mean, if... That's what's working for New Hampshire. That that's what they're doing. Yeah. You know, if they see that as the avenue that's best for them through the Republicans, that's fine. But I'm here to tell you that I think the Libertarian Party is a better avenue for that, um, and I'm I'm excited to push that idea more and more because the Republican Party's been around for a long time, and I don't see them pushing civil liberties liberties like the Libertarian Party has. Or, I don't see them pushing civil liberties like the liberals. Yeah, <laughs> or or even spending, like yeah. government spending. Maybe within the state you have some good guys who are, you know, GOP, but they should realize that their party fucking sucks and that it's going to fall apart because now you have 74 million people who feel disenfranchised and feel like the Republicans uh, are turning their back on everyone who voted for Trump. Yeah, and if you look at Pence, I mean, the Republicans, the Democrats are. And where did the, where did those point. people go? That's the question. After this, now that we have Biden in office and Trump has basically been disgraced, what do those Trumpers do? I saw a headline that said Trump might start his own Patriot Party or whatever. Um, hope not, but uh, like I don't even know if that's true. I just saw a headline, so it might not be true. 
Could but be true. Like the Bull Moose Party with Teddy Roosevelt or something like and that. And I like the Bull Moose Party. I think yeah. that was it's it's a good idea to segment the population more. Oh it's hell yeah! It's just dangerous when the segmentation isn't one of the establishments. Oh yeah. Choice. I mean, because now you have the the fringes pushed pulled apart. You mm-hmm. have these people who should be coming together, working towards a common goal of liberty, broken apart over one or two issues. Right. It's dumb. And. And uh, I'm, I'm helping out with Better Ballot Florida. They're also known as Rank the Vote elsewhere. Um, we're pushing for ranked choice voting. If you don't know what it is, look it up. Um, that would go great with a parliamentary system. Yeah. Uh, you and I were talking about this. Uh, I, like, I like the fact that if you have a certain portion of the population who believes in, like, um, environmentalists, like the Green Party, like, yeah. they should be represented in government. Absolutely. Proportionate to how many people believe in that. And that's what, one, a parliamentary system would do and two, rank choice voting because then you actually get to vote for who you want instead of voting against, uh, you know, voting for the lesser of two evils. Yeah. And if you haven't had the opportunity to the people who are listening to this and Robert, you as well, a new constitution now was written in 1942. We're talking right after the United States entered World War II. And Hazlitt was thinking to himself... Well, can't we do this better? Yeah. It took us this long to get into this war, and now we're in a war that really doesn't benefit us at all. Could we have a system that would prevent this thing from happening in the future? And he looks at a parliamentary system and a cabinet system similar to what they have in England. Mm-hmm. And the only reason we didn't do that when the country first started is because England still had a royal parliamentary system mm-hmm. where the king was the chair of the parliament. Now they have the head of the largest party or whatever is the chair of the cabinet. But I think that's a system where everybody gets equal representation or equitable representation, mm-hmm. and they're able to get their voices out there. I mean, if, if you're a communist, I want to hear what you have to say, because I can't refute you or convert people away from the way you think unless I know what you're thinking. And honestly, like, whenever we're talking about fringes and stuff— we, I won't say we're friends with communists. Obviously, like I've got a good friend who's a communist. I have a friend who's a communist. Too. I mean, I have a friend who's an antifa. Like he's open about being an antifa. But the thing is, um, and being like a commie. But the thing is, like uh, Quinones was saying, I'm gonna call him Mans Raider. Yeah, go for it. I I hope I'm right about them being one and the same. That'd be really awkward if you weren't. They're two. Dare- I think that was his like name. Mm-hmm. We should come up with names. No. No? Continue. All right. Anyway, uh, he was saying in his podcast that we have the same enemies, right? Like, we look up and we see, you know, the state as our enemy, right? We see the same people as enemy. We see these wars as our enemy. Um, The only difference is communists are like, let's just have a big, huge centralized government. And we're like, how about none of it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things me and my, my friend agree on. He's a really smart guy. He's an astrophysicist. But when we talk about this... He's like, we agree on what the issues are. We both hate the state, and we both want the people to be liberated. He's like, the only place we disagree is how we should do that. Mm -hmm. He says more government. We say no government. Yeah. And that's one of the things where you could actually put a communist and an anarchist in the same room. It literally goes like this. And they would be able to work together against statists. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I. It's it's mind-boggling to me how— how many talking points you hear coming from central, like Republicans and central Democrats? Yeah, and that just it just blows my mind because it's like, wow, I've heard that on TV a million times. 
if you listen to all the news sources, they sound the exact same. They're mm-hmm. just different people saying the same words. And they cater it to you based on your location, your party affiliation. This and I saw a meme. Memes are powerful, people. Yeah. I saw a meme the other day. Um, it was a picture of two of the New York Times papers. One of them had – they both had the same uh, like picture for the headline. Mm-hmm. One of them said, Trump in talks, blah, blah, blah. And then another one that was sold on a different part of the city, in a different part of the city, said, Trump's tough on blah, blah, blah. Like So two different headlines uh, geared towards two different – sides of the town yeah because they're trying to target the correct From audience the same new york times yeah that's it's what ridiculous. propaganda looks like yeah, it's propaganda yeah. it, it, exactly what it is and it just sucks because most voters are not gonna most voters just vote yeah and there was a really big push this year for voters just to vote Right, like there was a huge push this year on social media. Get out and vote. Yeah, get out and vote, as there is every year. But I feel like this year there was a. It was so easy, so easy to register to vote. Right, yeah. like you didn't have to go anywhere. You could do it on Snapchat, Instagram, all these. I didn't vote this year. You didn't vote this year? No. I mean, I I didn't vote in the presidential election. Mm-hmm. I voted in local elections only. Oh, uh, okay. So you voted down the ballot? Yeah. I thought you voted for Jorgensen. No. Nope. Nope. Not a chance I voted for that woman. Wow. <laughs> I voted for Jorgensen. I, you know, she's, she was still on our team, right? And uh, I liked a lot of what she had to say. Obviously, I think she was pandering a little bit to the left. Yeah. And the LP social media is guilty of this. They pander a lot to the left. And we're seeing them now, like, call out the riots and stuff, uh, or the riot uh, of Capitol Hill, and then not call out any of the riots over the summer. So, obviously, there's some, you know, lefty controlling the LP social media. And that's kind of what the Mises Caucus is trying to get out. We're trying to be like, hey, be consistent and, you know, be libertarian. And yeah. be, um, as Mance Rader said, unapologet- unapologetically li- libertarian. Yeah. And I've you know? got a good friend. He, used, he ran a campaign in Michigan for, I think it was a libertarian candidate. And one of the things that he always brings to my attention, one of the things that I've been trying to do as a libertarian is make sure that what I say is consistent with what I believe. A a lot of libertarians will be not compromising on what they, what they're saying or sorry, they will be compromising on what they're saying, but they believe something completely different. They'll compromise to make sure that who they're talking to is at peace with them because as libertarians, I mean, look, we have controversial beliefs, but we all are kind of, interested in the idea of non-aggression right we don't really like confrontation we like to make sure that the world is at peace if at all possible because war isn't efficient you have Every- to check that box right whenever you register to become a you know national lp member you know do you believe in the non-aggression principle right yeah and you know it doesn't always apply right i mean it apply we can apply it every time but it doesn't always apply smoothly just like you know a lot of things yeah but one of the, one of the things we as libertarians need to need to focus on as a party is making sure that what we're saying is relevant, what we're saying is consistent, and what we're saying matters. Mm-hmm. We can't be – we can't champion legalizing marijuana over and over and over again because it's not going to be a winning issue. And what you saw during the, the BLM riots was a lot of libertarians saying, oh, it's now we're calling for the police. It's like, mm-hmm. no. No. We hate the cops. Yeah. They, they are the – 
strong arm of the authoritarian state. We do not like the cops. I don't care about these riots. You defend your property with what you can. Right. These cops are not your friends. Right. And nobody said that. All, all we were saying, as like speaking for fellow Meekox, right, mm-hmm. is saying that if there's a riot going on in your city, you have the right to protect your own property. Mm-hmm. And the fact that people are even trying to attempt to take your own property, private property, is misplaced anger or or just like people taking advantage of a terrible situation. Yeah. Right? Just saying, okay, I'm going to pretend to be bad and then go steal some Legos. Like that guy from Target, the white guy who was like stealing some like Lego stuff. He was like, well, I'm not really mad, but I'm just going to take some shit. You know? So you have those people... And then you have people that are actually mad. And if you're actually mad, how about you direct your anger at the right place? Yeah, and look, I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying that in that situation, the it's not it's not our place as libertarians to say, hey, we want the police to protect our personal property. Right. It should be our place to say that we want the police out of our way. We want us to be able to protect our own personal property. Yep. All right, we're going to take a five-minute break for our sponsors. means move the car. You're free to look. And we're black. I mean. (laughs) No. And we're back. (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So... What were we even talking about? Fuck the police. I don't care if there's riots. You protect your own personal property. Did you like property. that meme I sent Yeah, I did. It was all right. It was, it, uh, it was from, what's the movie? This is Tom Hanks, Cap, uh, Captain... Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips. Yeah. With the guy going, I, look at me, I'm the captain now. Yeah. It was like, look at me, I back the blue now. And it was like Democrats and then like Tom Hanks had a MAGA hat on. Yeah. Pretty yeah. great. So now the police are great. Well, yeah, because it's the because other it's side. what you like. It's good for your team. Yeah, yeah. Now they want they want cops because they're protecting them from the Republicans. Because the Republicans want cops to protect themselves from the liberals. It's so stupid, man. Yeah, it, it's it's divisive. It's divisive thinking. It's bad. It's bad politics. Yeah, we all hate the cops equally. Yeah, I mean, these are the people who enforce unjust laws, yeah. right? And if you're mad at them for enforcing unjust laws, stay mad at them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's not to say that we hate cops as people. I don't... My dad was a police officer. I, I think a lot of police officers are very good people. It's just the policies that they have to enforce as a result of poor lawmaking and poor election decisions by the people has led them to into this situation where they're demonized by everyone. Mm. And it's sad because a lot of people who do go into law enforcement go into it for the right reasons. Yeah. They want to make sure that their community is safe and they want to protect and they want to serve, which is what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. They literally, their job is literally to protect and serve their community. And then they get hit with the quotas and the, uh, the, the statistics in each neighborhood area, which are geared more towards lower income areas and people of color. Yeah, and they, yeah. Get hit with, they get hit with all of that. And they get hit with the racial profiling training. They get hit with the bias training. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you have these people who wanted to protect and serve their communities 
that are lambasted by the bullshit that the state's been feeding them. Right. I mean, like I said, even my dad was telling me if he could go to law school, he would be a criminal defense attorney because he said he knows all the tricks that they use. He he would know how to, you know, get certain cops on certain things. And it's like, well, you know, he's openly saying this, and he's like, yeah, I, I used to... I don't want to incriminate him or anything. He's not, it, it wouldn't be incriminating, but like if he knew someone just had weed on him, he'd let him go. You know, yeah. like there's no, there's no harm being done. There's no violence being done here. N- you know, no victim, no crime sort of deal. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so for the left who has been screaming all summer, a cab and, and, you know, you know, defund the police, um, keep saying that. Yeah. Like, these cops on Capitol Hill didn't really do their job. They just let people in the Capitol. Those guys should have been fired. They, yeah, they should have been fired. And they, you know, I mean, they popped popped a lady in the head, killed her. Yeah. For, she was trying to go in into the, into the con- congressional chambers. So, I mean, I, I'm not even okay with that. No. Like, if, if you're sitting there screaming Black Lives Matter and, you know, um, and... Like all the all the people who have died, who you've been saying their names like this whole summer, you know, uh, because of police violence, like say it for this unarmed chick. Like even though she was trying to break in, like they let them in. They already let them in. Yeah, you know, another name to the list. Yeah, you know, and I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is. If if you're gonna say, you know, cops killing unarmed citizens is bad, just keep keep that energy, keep that same energy whenever whenever it happens to other people besides people who are affiliated with your team. Yeah, you know, we're, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and yeah. if the cops are your enemies, then we're friends. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I'm not saying what they did is right as far as like trying to break into the congressional chambers and some stuff like that, but. Um, in the same token, like, what do you think's gonna happen when you keep on, you keep on pushing people to the edge? Like, that's what our whole country was founded upon was violent Revolt. insurrection. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we revolted, and we revolted against literally the man of the time. Yeah. Nobody was bigger than the British Empire. No, except for us. Yeah, and now we're the big ones. Yeah, we're the biggest ones, and so. <sighs> It also it also looked way too easy to take the capital. Yeah. Like what if you had a bunch of armed people going to the capital? You know, and now, now I mean now you would be able to take it with 25,000 national guardsmen there. Yeah, so I'm I'm like I'm worried that a big episode of violence will happen uh not in the recent like in the recent future or the near future, but in like Within the next 10 years, yeah, I it, feel like they just laid the blueprint out. It's boiling, and that's kind of one of the scary things, but also I would say one of the exciting things is that people are actually waking up, Yeah, and that's what I find exciting. The scary thing is the fact that they may wake up and do something that they're going to regret. Yeah, it, but I don't, I don't see the state handing over the keys to this this massive, massive machine anytime soon with, no. without, you know, volu- I don't see them handing it over voluntarily. 
No, not a chance. Which is what we're asking for. We're asking for them to stop war, stop the drug war. We're asking them to cut back, you know, pull back, let the states run some stuff. Yeah. E- even, like, I, I, as, as a minarchist or an anarcho-capitalist, I would still take the state running some stuff, states, individ- individual states, over the Fed running some stuff. Yeah. Localize this shit. Yeah, the closer you get to people, one of the um, one of the really interesting things is it was actually Pope John Paul II that wrote hmm. about this in one of his books. He wrote that the closer you get with a group of people to making the decision, the better the decision is for that group of people. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's an economic principle. Yeah. And this is a member of the clergy writing about something that's an economic principle as a philosophical principle. Mm-hmm. The closer you get to the ground, the better people are working together. Yeah. You and I can make better decisions for, for us than our landlady. And that's just the idea. It doesn't take a rocket surgeon to fucking figure that shit out. No. You know? And it's something that has fallen on deaf ears. Yeah. And as a minarchist, that's kind of what we're proposing. We're proposing that you give us the minimal government intrusion and you allow the people in their own consensual community groups to make decisions for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, we're almost at like an hour, so I'd like to cut it short. Or not cut it short, but I'd like to cut it about there. Um, do you have any closing remarks? No. Um, and the Fed. In the Fed, yeah, in the Fed, um, stop the wars. Stop printing money. Uh, you know, at zero percent interest rate, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be real nice. No, inf- no more inflation. Yeah, um, I don't want to have to pay that back. Yeah. Um, what? So, what if? Uh, what about these student loans? There, there's one last thing with Biden in. You, you think he uh, does anything with our student loans, our student debt? He's gonna he's gonna pull a uh, six hundred dollar trick. He's gonna be like, I'll get rid of uh, five grand of your student debt. I'm glad you said that. I wanna I wanted to talk about that. So so the whole storming of the Capitol was because the Trump supporters felt that the election dis- was stolen. The election yeah. was and that they were disenfranchised. Right. So that kind of shit needs to happen with all of us when we see stuff like the six hundred dollar stimulus check that everyone's getting. Um, whenever we see that foreign countries and other outside entities are getting billions of dollars, yeah, you should be mad. You should be mad enough to storm the Capitol. I'm not saying do it violently. I'm saying that if you're going to storm the Capitol over um, what a lot of what half the other half of the country considers to be a conspiracy theory, then storm the Capitol over common knowledge. Like, storm the Capitol over, um, I guess, or protest. Yeah, you don't have to storm You don't have to storm anything. Just show up. Show up. Make them uncomfortable. Show up and then stay. Yeah. That was the one thing with the the whole uh, storming of the Capitol that I didn't understand. They walked in and walked out. They walked in, took selfies, um, walked out, and nothing fucking happened. Look at Occupy Wall Street. They hung out there for months. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. I mean... That made rich people very uncomfortable. It does. Just hang out outside the Capitol. Yeah, it does. You don't have to do anything. Set up a tent. Vibe out. That's your land. Yeah. You pay taxes for it. So I'm asking for more of that action when we see stuff that we're actually... We actually should be mad at. Yeah. I'm I'm not advocating for violence. It's hard to protest when we're slaves of the state and the machine. Yeah, so, I mean, just sit down. Just that guy who sat at Nancy Pelosi's desk. 
great job getting that photo op, but sit down and stay until they forcibly remove you. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I feel bad saying that at the same time because I'm not doing it. But we're doing our own form of advocacy, doing this, speaking out and saying like, okay, you might have got your stimulus check, but so did Pakistan. So did Israel. So did Egypt. So did Egypt. And what is that going to? Not American citizens. And it doesn't matter. It's your money. Yeah. That's, that's, That's the way, that's a way you can know the state's too big. In a bill that was supposed to specifically help Americans through this tough time because the government said you can't work in a lot of states. Um, they're giving money to foreign countries. Yeah. Because they have to. Because they want to. Yeah. Think about that. Food for thought. Yep. Tune in to our next episode. Uh, I don't know when. I'm going out of town um, for my dad's birthday. It'll probably be next week or the week after. Yeah, that'd be nice. We, I, I hope we start doing these more consistently. Um, right now, we're on the Higher Frequency Podcast Network, and that's on Spotify, iTunes, uh, all that stuff. YouTube. Yep. YouTube. Follow the YouTube. I need more people on YouTube. And we have other podcasts on that network. I'm look. I have a separate Twitter for the Luchadors of Liberty because there's a big libertarian movement on twitter but um other than that it's all together and i'm probably going to separate it once we get like a good amount of followers who are like hey i like your libertarian stuff but i don't care about college football yeah or the bachelor and keep your eyes out if you're interested in economics i'm gonna i'm gonna try and get control over a little bit and see if i can get robert to post some of the economic stuff that i think yeah no d d you got a great mind on economics so I'll definitely post whatever. I mean, we're in this together, so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Hopefully you come back. uh, Share it with your friends, your libertarian friends. Um, Go look at some of our old episodes. Give those likes and follows, too. Yeah. Everything we say is always going to be relevant. Yep. All right. Peace. Get them out of Iraq as well, and I wouldn't start a war in Libya. I'd quit bombing Yemen, and I'd quit bombing Pakistan. I'd start taking... This is how the war on drugs is presented. We're concerned about your health, so we're going to send you to prison. I'm sorry, I thought this was America. Do you feel frustrated with mainstream ideologies? If you're an active-duty soldier, then these absurdly common factors that accompany being a critical-thinking human being now coin you as a potential terrorist or radical extremist who ...made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney... And then I'm coming all the way to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House!